0: You are now tuned in to the Spectators Spectators. Podcast. What is happening, you guys? I'm Packy, and this is episode 109 of the Spectators Podcast. I had a phenomenal weekend. How about those Spartan dogs, baby? Never a doubt in my mind. 21 point underdogs went out, beat Michigan wire to wire. I knew it the whole time, even after. Seven turnovers and a loss to Rutgers last week. I knew it. I didn't go on the pod last week and say we probably won't win a game this year. That was somebody else. Imposter. What a win, man. What a win. D'Antonio retires and now Jim Harbaugh has a new daddy. Mel Tucker already 1-0 against Michigan. You just you just love to see it. The best part is, is talking to U of M fans, reading their tweets, just basking in it. Ah, here's a nice, uh, tone deaf one from former Michigan quarterback who never beat state while he was quarterback. In fact, had a negative 46 rush yard performance against us tweeting MSU equals front runners. I literally didn't hear a sound from one Spartan and I know until their win Saturday. And herein lies one of the major differences between the fan bases, in my opinion, which is rarely just said out loud like this. Michigan fans are arrogant and delusional. You didn't hear a sound until we won Saturday? Exactly. That's because we just lost to Rutgers. Only, only a Michigan fan would, would pull some shit, like turning the ball over seven times in week one, losing to Rutgers at home, and then talk shit all week going on the road to face a top 20 ranked rival. That's why we can't stand you. Michigan is the the school of the October Heisman winners, the championship recruiting classes, winners of the offseason, media darlings. MSU is full of three-star recruits. The media couldn't even get our coach's name right for the last decade, even though he was going to conference championships, Rose Bowls, college football playoffs. The last few years the media has literally gone after our two major sports coaches with with hit pieces. Yet we just consistently find find a way to be Michigan's daddy. Since 2008 when I was 18, so my whole adult life. We've played Michigan 13 times. We're 9 and 4. In that time, we have three conference championships, a Rose Bowl win, a college football playoff appearance. Michigan, in that same time period, has zero conference championships. They haven't even been to a conference championship game. Zero Rose Bowls. Zero college football playoff appearances. And they're 4-9 and nine against Michigan State. Yet, Michigan fans my age live in a fantasy world in which they're one of the best programs in the country in which they're so superior that Ohio state is really their true rival, not Michigan state, the Ohio state, the Ohio state that they've beaten one time, my whole adult life. Imagine living in a world where you legitimately think you're the better program, given those accomplishments I just rattled off. And it's that arrogance and delusion That just makes beating them so satisfying every single time. It it doesn't get old. Here's another example. So this first guy is the quarterback of the number 13 ranked 21 point favorite home team that just lost. The second guy on the clip is linebacker for the unranked 21 point underdog away team that won. You tell me who you'd rather root for. And did you realize that Simmons, Anton Simmons, was that good of a player? Anton Simmons, who's that? 34, I think was his number. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't really worried about him. <laughs> I mean, he's a heck of a player, but wasn't on my radar. Joe Milton was asked about you, and he said he's not on my radar. <laughs> um, I mean, it don't matter. Paulie B is back with us, so. I mean, I don't know what those guys do over there, but uh, but uh, we study our opponent. We know who we're playing against. Um, so, I mean, I don't care if I'm on Joe Milton's radar or not. You know what I mean? He's just a quarterback who plays here at, at at Michigan. Who would you rather root for? Which one sounds like a guy that's prepared, a guy that's not arrogant? Where does this come from? It's like every class that goes through Michigan and all their fans – and I know when I say all, I just mean most. I know there are some out there that aren't like this, but even even Michigan fans that I know that are friends of mine, there's just this, there's this like entitled arrogance, like they're this the best program around. When I haven't seen it, and neither have they. Go green, baby. That's all I can say. Go green. Speaking of green. Green Mitten is a green-inspired lifestyle brand dedicated to cannabis and culture since 2012. Based in Grand Rapids, they've been featured in High Times Magazine for the last five years. A lot of you guys know the Green Mitten brothers already, Danny and Jared. If you've been following me, the spectators, been to some of our shows on the road. Um, They've been on tour with us. They've got an awesome clothing line out right now. It includes hats, masks, windbreakers, crewnecks, and more. I've got the new stuff. You can get it too. Go to www.green-mitten.com. That's green-mitten.com. Go ahead and use the promo code PACKY10 for 10% off your order. In addition to the clothes, they have glass, they have CBD. If you're ever in Grand Rapids, they've got a storefront there you can slide through. Again, that's promo code PACKY10 at the website green-mitten.com. And you can get 10% off your order. Subscribe to The Spectator's Podcast on Apple Podcasts or follow on Spotify. If you want to go the extra mile, leave a five-star review. Thank you to all the loyal listeners, and let's pod. You are now tuned in to The Spectator's, Spectators. Podcast. All right, so there's a lot of stuff going on. Obviously, it's election day today. Um, big win over the weekend. I already I already touched on that. I won't go any further into that. And... Um, But there's a big topic that just came up that I want to spend the pot on, and it's right up our alley of what we talk about on here a lot. I know we talk about the music, independent, Spotify, things like that, and something pretty big just happened with Spotify. So, last week, I I almost had a topic on Spotify, but there wasn't really enough going on yet specifically with it to talk about, and... I figured I'd wait until some things played out. And this was the the story last week, okay? Let's see. Workers in the music industry have banded together to demand better treatment from Spotify. This is an article from, from Complex on October 27th. The Union of Musicians and Allied Workers has created the Justice at Spotify campaign to push for radical changes to the streamer's business model. The group of musicians, DJs, producers, road crew, and others aim to collectively take resources and power from the few wealthy companies that dictate our industry. So far, the petition has garnered over 6,750 signatures from industry workers. Um, They list a number of demands for Spotify. The group wants a per-stream royalty rate of at least one cent. Right now, it's a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a cent. With payments sent through a user-centric payment model, more transparency in closed-door contracts and label deals, removing payola or pay-to-play schemes used for the streamer's curated playlists, credit for everyone involved in recordings, and terminating legal battles aimed at artists. At the moment, the company doesn't pay royalties through a per-stream model. It currently uses a pro-rata system that gathers the generated money and divvies it up between artists depending on their total number of streams. Shifting to a user-centric model would mean rights holders get paid directly and on a per-stream basis, Spotify's largest rights holders, Sony, Universal, Warner, would have to sign off on this move. These record companies use the rights to their huge catalogs to guarantee monthly advances from Spotify. Secret negotiations that divide the royalty pool before an independent label artist has a chance to stream a song. So that was going on last week. Nothing has really come of it, but it was it's it's something a, a kind of a grassroots thing that's beginning, okay? So there was and is a push, an effort to get more money, better treatment for artists from Spotify. Not only that, but an effort to get money, get payola out of the game. And for those that don't know, in the music industry, payola is essentially taking payment to play music and present it as an organic part of the system or, or the broadcast when in reality, you've been paid to play it. It's actually illegal. It became illegal in the 60s, I believe. So obviously this was, this was really prevalent and straightforward when, when radio was the main medium that we consume music. Radio hosts and DJs would take payola from labels to, to break records. Now we have these streaming services, and they can be a lot sneakier about this stuff. Payola disguised as algorithms and, and things like that. And you guys that listen to me consistently listen to the pod know how I feel about Spotify in general. The cut that they pay to artists is not much at all. It's lower than all their competitors. People have been complaining about this for a long time. Of course, I'd love to get paid more. I think music should be worth more than than a fraction of a fraction of a penny. But when it comes to Spotify, I've always thought they were a very good discovery platform. Okay, If they were just a platform that you put your music up and your fans go listen to it and you get paid for those listens, then you should for sure be getting paid a lot more. But I've always thought they were a good discovery platform. And that ability to, to post your music to Spotify and potentially get listeners who have never heard of you um, was worth it, in my opinion. I have 200,000 monthly listeners on Spotify. 200,000 different people listening to my music in the last 30 days. As much as I'd like to believe that this were the case, I know that I don't have 200,000 fans. Okay? Okay. In fact, I don't think I have anywhere close to that. So the fact that I've been able to reach 200,000 people consistently with my music on one app is is great. Think of it like YouTube. If you shoot a video, like you're you're a nobody. You shoot a video, you put it on YouTube, it gets a million views. You don't turn around and go, I have a million fans. But you've reached a million sets of eyeballs with that video because of YouTube's platform, its algorithms, and obviously a great video. Also, for reaching that many people, you likely don't make all that much money off those views on YouTube. You're using that platform mostly for the discovery, right? So there's always a give and take with the utility of a platform, and and, and we you, we as artists have to understand that while we're fighting to get music to be valuable again, we have to understand that discovery aspect as well. So now a story breaks today. Let's see. Spotify. Here's the headline. Spotify is letting record labels influence personalized recommendations so long as they pay for it in royalties. So this is from Music Business Worldwide. The streaming platform has today november 2nd confirmed that it will soon start allowing artists and record labels to flag tracks that are a particular priority for them via a discovery mode feature and that this flagging will then influence the selection of songs that spotify's algorithm picks out for listeners labels will initially be able to exert this discovery mode influence in two areas autoplay tracks which play after spotify user has completely listened has completed listening to an album and or playlist based on their prior usage, and Spotify Radio, whereby the platform picks out a radio-esque selection of songs based on a a track or artist chosen by the listener. So if you guys use Spotify, you know the autoplay is, you play an album and then it just continues playing songs. That's autoplay, what songs those are. Spotify Radio is each artist's radio station that's kind of curated to be um, similar to that artist. How do artists and labels take advantage of the new feature they pay, obviously, but not in the manner you might assume in a blog post, explaining the new feature, Spotify clarifies quote, to ensure the tool is accessible to artists at any stage of their careers. It won't require any upfront budget. Oh, awesome. Instead labels or rights holders agree to be paid a promotional recording royalty rate for streams in personalized listening sessions where we provided this service. In other words, when artists or labels opt into this discovery mode to identify a track that they'd like to be prioritized in personalized listening sessions, the radio and audio play or radio and autoplay, they agree to get paid a lower recording royalty rate for streams within those personalized listening sessions. Wow. A few things. So artists try to get, Payola out of Spotify, try to make a little more for their streams. And Spotify responds by saying, actually, how about we pay you less? Because like I said, though Spotify was the worst at paying artists on a per stream basis, I think they were the best for discovery. Now Spotify is saying, oh, you want that great discovery aspect? You're going to get paid even less than our already industry worst. Okay, bet. Another thing. So artists have to opt into this discovery mode now. Basically, if you have a song you really want to get heard, even more than your typical songs, right? Like there's always, obviously you want every song to get heard the most it can, but you, every once in a while you make a song that you think is the single, the hit, the popular one. You really think this could be the one. You opt into this discovery mode and agree to get paid in grains of sand for the hope and dream of this song blowing up on Spotify. Well, two things. One, I don't know about my fellow indie artists, but when I make a song that I really think could be the one, my first thought isn't, how can I find a way to make less money on this record? The second thing is is this quote from the article. If the songs don't perform well, they'll quickly be pulled back. Listener satisfaction is our priority. We won't guarantee placement to labels or artists and we only ever recommend music we think listeners will want to hear. Well, what the fuck? I thought that's what you've been doing. I thought that's what your algorithms were supposed to do. Now you're telling me I have to eat shit for the chance to get discovered and when, when I don't, you can always just say, well, the song wasn't performing well. Thanks for taking less money. And I think that's how they cover for The payola aspect because payola is illegal, but they cover for it by a saying people aren't paying for play because technically no money is exchanging hands. But obviously the artist is paying on the back end in royalties or royalties. They're giving up and B there's no guarantee. The song will really get any amount of spins with this taking this pay cut. It's like the worst of every world for an artist. A platform that didn't pay shit but was good for discovery is now saying, in order for you to get discovered on our app, you have to take even more of a pay cut. It's trash. It's also payola disguised as something else. Independent artists who make average livings are stuck with the decision they seem to always be stuck with. Exposure versus money. And that's why I've, to a certain extent, had Spotify's back when lots of independent artists have complained about, not just independent artists, artists in general complained about the amount of money that they see from Spotify. Because throughout our career, Mo and I have always stressed exposure over money. And obviously, when you get to a certain point, you can start to lean more toward money. But when we were coming up, you had to choose. You put your music on SoundCloud, Bandcamp, you didn't get paid for it. You put stuff up on YouTube. Unless you really had a huge following, you didn't get paid for it. You were just trying to garner a fan base. Now, you can have no fan base, put your stuff up on Spotify. And not only do you have a place to host your music that everybody has on their phone, but you can get discovered on Spotify. So I've, I've consistently at least somewhat had Spotify's back to this extent. But now it's back to even on Spotify now where we were already getting paid fractions of a fraction of a, of a penny. Now we got to completely choose this potential exposure versus making some money. It's, it's getting nearly impossible to make a living on music these days without a, without a really big fan base. Also you think labels are ever not opting in on this? The labels will always opt in on this now. So for artists that are signed, because these royalty rates are going to be even more trash than they've been, it's going to take even longer for your records to recoup their money, which means if the discovery aspect isn't resulting in a huge increase in listeners, at best it's taking you longer to make your money. At worst, you're not making money. The only saving grace that could... That could save all of this is if this discovery mode, you opt in, you agree to take less in royalties, if it truly results in way more listens. And so when you look back, the song actually ends up making about the same amount of money because you got more listens, but you make less per listen, but you potentially get more ears on it. That's the only way it would work. I just don't see that happening. So I essentially, barring that, I see no positives to this, which makes it hilarious how they tried to roll it out. Like here's, let me go to Spotify's actual like press release. Oh, here we go. Artists tell us they want more opportunities connect w- to connect with new listeners, and we believe our recommendations should also be informed by artists, their priorities, and what they have to say about their music. And soon, we will roll out a test of a service that gives artists a say in how their music is, dis- is discovered. In this new experiment, artists and labels can identify music that's a priority for them, and our system will add that signal to the algorithm that determines a personalized listening session. This allows our algorithms to account for what's important to the artist, perhaps a song they're particularly excited about, an album anniversary they're celebrating a viral cultural moment they're experiencing or other factors they care about. So they're trying to disguise it as a way of, oh, it's not just the algorithm that determines what people are listening to and the algorithm that determines what your best song is. You can have a say in determining what you want to be your biggest song. But then they also turn around and say, If the songs resonate with listeners, we'll keep trying them in in these sessions. If the songs don't perform well, they'll quickly be pulled back because listener satisfaction is our priority. So which one is it? You can't have both. You can't say artists are getting to choose this. Artists get to choose what songs are going to be put in rotation. But if they don't hit with the algorithms, they'll be pulled back. Well, we already have the algorithms. Thank you, Spotify. This is definitely what artists were looking for. Spotify knows this is bullshit. Call me a conspiracy theorist, but I don't think it's a coincidence that they rolled this out a day before the national election. If you want your bullshit to get buried on Twitter and social media, what a, what a great time to do it it's tough for artists man there's only so many places to put your your music for consumption. Spotify and apple music pretty much have a monopoly yeah title pays well I had somebody tweet at me why don't you why don't you put all your stuff on on title exclusively and make more money but if you, if you're not on Spotify and apple music you're cutting your potential audience down so so significantly Like I could you, you guys know when I have an album or a lot of your favorite independent artists have an album maybe they roll it out somewhat differently instead of just, Hey, my album's out and you can go find it everywhere because they're trying to make a buck. Like, yeah, I could make an album and only put it out for, uh, on my website and charge you 50 bucks. Right. But how many people are doing that as opposed, how many people will buy that as opposed to when I put an album out on Spotify, X amount of people are going to go listen to it. And every time you, an album out exclusively on a certain platform and not available to everybody you're becoming less and less relevant because you're you're scaling that fan base down and down and down and until some people that aren't willing to go to that exclusive route don't even care about you anymore so i don't know i don't know how to change this i don't know what's next i guess i hope spotify gets enough bad press from this that they that they second guess it but they need to figure out their business model real quick or maybe this is maybe this is their business model and artists are just going to get the shaft going forward. Maybe they're going all in on podcasts. I'm not sure. But yeah, not good news. All right, it's election day. The the election is obviously important, guys. It's important to to make an informed vote. It's one of the most important rights duties we have as citizens. Also, after we vote, we don't have control over the results, okay? I saw Wall Street Journal, this is a headline in an article. Experts lay out five stress-relieving exercises to help you make it through election day. Guys, get a life. If this is you, seriously get a life. Again, that's not me saying that it's not an important election. That's not me saying there aren't important issues on the ballot. But I really do think social media has made us all so much more concerned with the macro than we should be and way less concerned with the micro and our immediate surroundings. We can all relate to the image of a bunch of people in a room or at a dinner table with friends or family staring at our phones. Like, that's a good example. You could be having real relationships and conversations with people around you, but we'd rather scroll through the thoughts of people thousands of miles away that maybe we don't even know, they don't know who you are, and you'd, you'd rather share your opinions with these strangers than the people around you. In the same way, so many of us, and I fall into this myself, want to change all the problems of the world, and we know just how to do it, yet we can't keep our room clean, we can't get ourselves out of debt, we can't cook a meal, we can't get in shape, but my God, we know exactly how to solve the climate problem. We know exactly how to fix the country's economy. Again, I'm not preaching. I need to take this advice myself. But just make sure you think about that when it comes to the selection, because I know it's a big one. I know it's very important. I, I know the candidates are going two very different directions. So if your candidate doesn't win, I understand, okay? It feels like the end of the world. It's not. Focus on things you can actually affect. Focus on change in, in your community, the people around you. You'll be much happier. It goes for me too. That's all I have for today, guys. Stay sane out there. Don't do anything stupid. Instead of getting worked up about a national election, regardless of the results, be decent to the people around you. Be civil. Make an impact in the community by helping people. That goes the furthest to make things make things better. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow on Spotify so you get the pod in your library right away. Holler at me at PackyRaps on Twitter. Let me know your thoughts. And I will talk to you guys next Tuesday. Company man, I do it all for the brand. I give my blood to the job and I give my love to the fans Really spec for the job. never
1: no check in advance and at the end of the month, I earn a check in my hand.